everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we're living for preventative mental health, love, and compassion. Here we are again, and I am Caroline Heim. And today we're continuing our series taken directly from the monthly live Q&As that Dr. Heim does on the iHealth Radio channel in New York with the super host, Hurricane H. Today's episode answers a caller's question about disasters, natural disasters. We'll talk about being out of control during a natural disaster and the effects on the brain. Can you get PTSD from experiencing natural disasters? Dr. Heim answers this and then finishes off by talking about resilience in light of this and gives you some really great practicals in how to become more resilient using, of all things, meditation. Let's drop in. Question states, as some of the islands and states are feeling the impact of nature and hurricane devastation, what is the psychological state of mind when dealing with disasters? Uh, does it fall under the umbrella of PTSD? What should people do to minimize this impact? Tracy, Florida. Okay. Uh, Tracy from Florida, that's a wonderful question because there is a psychology uh, around disasters and events like this. And the, the basis of it is that when weather events like this happen, we know that we are not in control. And that's actually quite devastating for the brain because the brain likes familiarity. It likes to know that things are nice and predictable. However, we like a bit of novelty and a bit of difference in our lives to balance all the predictability. But that's basically where our brains are nice and comfortable to have predictability and then some bit of a change just to change it up. In a disaster event, an earthquake, a, uh, a, a hurricane, a, a tornado, anything, uh, we feel out of control. And one of the worst feelings for the brain is being out of control. In fact, when I work with people who have PTSD, let's say because they've suffered personal trauma, uh, uh, childhood abuses, the actual trauma itself is not the trauma that lasts on the brain. The trauma is that for those moments of life, the brain was not in control, that somebody else was in control of your life. So let's take an earthquake. Even though an earthquake may last for only 10 seconds, in those 10 seconds, the brain realizes I am not in control of my life. I could die at this point and there's nothing that I could do about it. And so it's being out of control that becomes the real trauma for the brain. However, that does not mean that everybody who goes through an experience will end up with PTSD. In fact, sometimes uh, in society, we talk about it too much. And so there's this added layer of fear, oh no, I'm going to get PTSD. Whereas all of our studies show that resilience is normal for humans. We're actually built to be able to withstand stress. Too much stress, we can't withstand, but a certain amount of stress, we can. So the thing to do is to get close to people that you are close to. So if there are people that you love, friends and family, particularly after event, that feeling of huddling together, of just enjoying even a glass of water together, and that feeling of we survived this together is very protective. So I want to let people know, particularly uh People who are in um, Florida at the moment, this does not mean that everybody's going to get PTSD. In fact, if anything, it can let people know how important family and friends are to all of us. 
Thank you, doctor. And, and, and you know what? I, I, it's amazing. Like I mentioned, my son, he's there and, you know, they yeah. lost power and we've been able to connect, you know, and, uh, uh, he's actually holding nice and, you know, but, but, you know, they, they had no choice. They were there. And, um, the, the state of a lot of people, cause I asked them like how things going and, you know, they're, they're coping. I mean, it just, just, they have no other way. Uh, uh, some people did leave the state, I mean, and, and wind up in maybe Georgia and other places, but a lot of people decided to just hang around and, and they did. And so he couldn't leave for obvious, for various reasons, but, but, but he, he is coping and, uh, uh, his morale is a little down, obviously. So we yeah. have to talk about it because it it is it is not easy. I mean, before that, I mean, just the anticipation, especially with the news, it's coming, it's this, it's force wins, yeah. and and yeah. you just don't know what to expect. People go actually to the stores and they get all whatever the water and stuff because they prep you know prepare, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, and uh, you know, so so he was really going through that. So we talked about it, and then when it happened in the middle of it, we were still in connection. Uh, we we lost contact for a minute and then obviously we talked about today so everything is good it's past them uh but but you know he's younger so obviously he was able to maintain different i think that's that's another piece i'm just gonna throw in here i mean or question rather uh is age a factor in how you deal with with these types of events because i i I personally believe when you're younger your fear factor is a lot less than when you get older i mean is that even a myth or reality i'm not sure but what what would you say to that well, Hurricane, that, that is actually true, that um, uh, the most resilient people are children because children do not have preconceived ideas about what life should be and they don't have preconceived ideas about how long life should be. And one of the amazing things about our society is it has actually given us a lot of predictability and a lot of confidence that we're going to be around for a while. It was only 200 years ago that life expectancy was closer to about 30 rather than 80 that we have at the moment. So now that as, as soon as you end up growing up and you go, oh, you've got this expectancy that you're going to be around for 80 years, that actually then creates a fear. Well, what if something bad happens? Whereas children don't have these expectations and they're much more malleable. However, When we start growing up and we live in a a society of comfort, our brain gets that predictable familiarity that feels so good, but then it becomes fearful so that our resilience actually comes down. And so, unfortunately, we have studies to show that a a comfortable society can actually bring down our resilience. And so things like this, like you were talking to your son, What helped get him through was your relationship with him. Daddy was there. Daddy might have been thousands of miles away, but he was still there as a person in your son's brain. And that strength reminds us of how important people are, but also the resources that we have, that we can go through these things and exist and survive together. I mean, that's what life is all about, survival. It's just that we do it really well these days. And so we actually lose a bit of resilience. Well, thank you, doctor. And, and, and I appreciate that because you're right. I mean, we, we tend to have a comfort zone. I mean, you talked about, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, people were always like in a fight mode, right? You, know, you have to survive, yeah. you have to, to do it and uh, you have no choice and you do the best you can maintain it. And now we have all the comforts, you know, of life and, uh, you know, but, but to your point, it's to the depends sometimes our own, uh, resilience and our own ability to cope with things. And, and I, many people, and I've seen this actually I, in, in the hurricane Sandy, uh, 
yeah. that hit really terribly in New Jersey and New York. Actually, I was part of a first response team at the time because we were with a company yeah. that they had nurses. So we were actually, uh, you know, with them, taking them out in the field and yeah. making sure that they delivered the, the service. And we were there literally up front uh, day one. Uh, as a matter of fact, that same day, we were there with vehicles and food and water and all the stuff wow. and, yeah. you know, batteries and stuff. And uh, uh, some people were funny because they said, we haven't seen FEMA, we've seen you. And I'm nothing to say against FEMA here, but but it was just the response time because we were local. Obviously, FEMA has to get all their, you know, uh, mobilization in there. But it was it was an, an opportunity to see some real, you know, uh, stuff happening and how these people were affected. The You know, uh, some of them were demolished, you know, morally and mentally and all that. Yeah. But 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 the the people got together. That's the part, you know, that is important. I think a lot of people were there for each other. I mean, I think at the time everybody was helping each other. You know, I, I remember we were at this huge church uh in an area that was totally bad, 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 you know, badly you know, hit. Yeah. And uh, you know, people came from all over the states. Yeah. To, to help and food. Uh, I mean, they had so much food, so much clothing, so much stuff available for kids yeah. and adults. And it, it was amazing. So in the light of all this stuff, I mean, you know, human factor, humans are still good. And I think I always believe that, that we have a lot more good people than bad people on this planet. But, but you know what? Uh, it's, it is difficult and it does have an impact. And by the way, that impact of anxiety, I think, is also a big deal. I mean, we talked about the, just the aftermath. For me, yeah. for example, it's just just like the anticipation. I mean, it is it is a big statement. We say anticipation of that is worse than that itself, right? Just yeah. understanding that something's happening and you don't know what's going on, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. And and the coping mechanisms is, can be variable, you know, varied between one person to the other. Uh, yeah. I mean, we mentioned age, but but it could be just just your your income, you know, uh, level or maybe something, I don't know, economics, you know, uh, can make also a difference. I'm not sure that's even a factor, but, but for example... Uh, food, you know, the ability to have all the supplies that you have versus if you don't have the money to do that, that can be also a factor. And some people sometimes are concerned about that. Um, yes. Is there anything that we can tell people about that? I mean, do they have to, is there, I mean, or is it the same for everybody for that matter? Okay. So, so the studies are pretty clear. Okay. So when I say that science does not understand resilience totally because you will get some amazing stories from some individuals that survive horrendous things and we don't know how they do that. Uh, so there's always individual variability. But what the science tells us about how we cope through things like this, uh, it's it's pretty clear. It's do you have people around you? So you will often say that uh, disasters will bring out the best or the worst in us. And, yeah, so a disaster that, uh, that we went through in a city that we used to live was a big flood. And uh, what would happen in that city is a whole bunch of strangers would just come into a house, clean the whole place up, leave some food and leave. And it was just amazing uh, because people saw, as you said, the goodness in people. And that faith in humanity, that faith in humankind, when we see it, we go, oh, this is good. It's nice to be part of the human race. And so even though disasters, they're bad, they're challenges, but they remind us, as you said, that people are good and that we are part of something greater than ourselves. And so the science shows that as, uh, as long as we are part of something greater than ourselves, and that greater than ourselves is normally a family. You grow up as part of a family and then you have a circle of friends. And that is what keeps us resilient. I mean, there are other things as well. 
just having gone through bad stuff means that you'll be more ready to go through bad stuff next time. Not that life is about going through bad stuff, but we do learn, we do develop skills, and this does make us more resilient. Thank you, Doctor. So, but, but it, I mean, do, for, 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 like you said, you talked about nature, right? Nature yeah. is, is, is part of our life. I mean, we exist in nature yeah. and it, it is not a, a, it's not a surprise. It's not a, <laughs> it's not something that we don't expect. We know that eventually something can happen in, in the world. Like you mentioned earthquakes and, yeah. and hurricanes, tornadoes. I mean, you know, we have a whole tornado alley in, in the States, you know, where it's very common and there's a lot yeah. of stuff, right? Uh, talking about rain and floods and things like that. And, and so people, are living with that, you know, so, so the ability to understand that it's happening, you know, is important, right? Is there, is there any uh, coping format that, that we need to actually establish in our mind or is it automatically done as, as just something that is built in, you know, which is the flight and mode, you know, what do we call it? The, uh, the fight and flight oh, mode. Yes. Yeah. So, so yes. is that really what triggers us from really understanding it is happening and we will eventually just prevail by default? Uh, okay. Um, unfortunately we don't always prevail. Right. Okay. Well, we hope so, but <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. But it's it's almost as though life is designed to give us problems so that we get better. Whatever that means for each person, the uh, life is designed for us to get better. Uh, so yes, we do have this fight and flight mode in us that puts us in a different state of consciousness, so that we can do things quickly, simply to survive. But the question is, and this is a question that's fundamental to a lot of psychotherapy, uh, and this comes from, and I think I've spoken about this before, a Greek Stoic philosopher called Epictetus, who basically said, we've only got one question that we've got to answer, uh, ask ourselves. What can I control and what can't I control? And the thing is that whatever you can control, concentrate on that. Whatever you can't control, I know it sounds like a cliche, but don't worry about it because there's nothing that you can do. All right, so Caroline, my partner this morning, wanted to do the washing. Uh, she wanted to wash all our clothes, but the thing is that it was raining and she got really upset about that. And we had a little conversation about, you know, you can't control the weather. And uh, just after that conversation, she let go at wanting to control the weather and found something else that she wanted to do. Okay, <laughs> and we go through these things all the time uh, as far as what I can control, what I can't control in, in my life. And so if it's a disaster or preparing for a job or meeting somebody new for the first time, uh, we may worry a lot, but the question is, what can I control? Well, you can control what you look like, how you come across, okay, how you prepare for an interview, how you prepare for a tornado or, um, or a flood. But there are a lot of things that you can't control. You can't control an earthquake. You can't control a tornado. You can't control a flood. You can't control the economy, right? We can all do our little bit. But mm -hmm. if we do that, then we have that as a primary coping mechanism for ourselves. It at least lets you know, what do I have to do in this situation? And you might be called upon to do a lot. You may be called upon not to do much at all. But just asking the question, what can I control? What can't I control? What am I going to do? One of the best coping mechanisms. Very difficult to actually put into practice, though, Hurricane. I'm still working on it myself. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, it just happens that I had a similar discussion just today. Where we were with, yeah. with friends at a meeting and we we're just having that discussion about the circumstances. And you know what? I, I, if there's, I look at it this way. Uh, can I do something? Exactly what you said. I mean, this is yeah. true fact. I mean, I can call up the guy right now and have him on the show, but that's exactly what I said. Like, you know, why would I worry about something that yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do to impact it. And therefore, you know, it just, it's just irrelevant. I'm just going to put some more energy on it and I'll still be at the same spot instead of just taking that energy and, and, and roll it out something better where I can just get more outcomes. Right. And, and, and that's really, it's a, it's a, I think it's the only formula that would work for everyone providing they, yes. they'll apply it. As you said, it's not easy because just the fact that you, to let go and just, you know, like, okay, whatever you, you just, it's almost like giving up on that, but, but you cannot do anything about it. As you said, well, so what's the fuss, right? <laughs> well, that's true. But, but let me, let me talk about uh, how to actually do that because okay, uh, we're, we're sort of saying, okay, this is what you got to do. But when you're keyed up, when you're worried, when you're anxious, how do I actually let go of all of that? And so there's a few things that you can actually do. And as a psychiatrist, what I use a lot is just deep breathing. Just stop whatever you're doing, sit in a chair, breathe in really deep and slowly, and breathe out really deep and slowly. And you do that about five times. And the thing is that you close your eyes as well, because we have studies that show that when you close your eyes, your brain waves change automatically. They change from what we call beta to alpha. Now, alpha is smaller, uh, sorry, uh, they're slower brain waves, which means they're more relaxing brain waves. And if you're really tensed up while you're deep breathing with your eyes closed, you actually go through a mental walk through your whole body and you tell each group of muscles to relax. You say, legs, relax. Thighs, relax. Hips, relax chest, relax, shoulders, neck, relax. And you do this slowly. You take about five or 10 minutes to do this and you will find yourself in a clearer state of mind where you can think more clearly. clearly. And then you go, okay, now what can I do? What do I just have to accept? And you will be much more effective as a person. And that takes practice, Hurricane. It takes a little bit of practice every day, but we actually get better at it. <clears throat> well, doctor, I have to thank you because I, I know we talked about disaster and you can expand a little bit, but I think it's because this is beyond because you can use this for almost everything in life that you yes. face. And, and I, I love it because you just gave everybody right now, this show could be your little, like little pill, right? You just have to watch it and know exactly what to say, how to do it and practice it over and over. And you can certainly, you know, just be better and just, you can face the world in, with that matter, you know, day in day out so thank you for that doctor <laughs> Appreciate no, 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 no. And, and it was amazing hurricane because while i was saying that you were sitting there you had your eyes closed i did <laughs> yourself, yeah yeah you put yourself into this half meditative state and you did exactly what we all could be doing all right so let's say you're waiting for um you're waiting for Cyclone Ian to turn up and all the news is saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and, oh, it's going to be bad, it's going to be this. And if you listen to all of that, then you actually get tighter and tighter and more anxious. Mm. And during that time, if you sit and do this, close your eyes and deep breathe, you go, okay, it's coming, there's nothing I can do about it, breathe in, breathe out, all my muscles, relax. Is there anything that I need to do? 
I've boarded everything up, I've taped the windows, I've made sure that things are safe, I've done all that I can. I am now just going to relax and be effective. Uh, and if you're meeting somebody for the first time or going for a job interview or um, facing a natural disaster, it all comes down to being able to do some of that if you possibly can. Uh, like I said, this is we we're gonna replay this one over and over. I think that's gonna be our highlight for the show, so people can just practice it over and over, and just in front of the mirror on themselves. And and I I think if you if anyone watching or listening, just do this exercise. I know for a fact I use similar approach, and just just to, as you said, you noticed that I did it on just automatically, and it felt good just doing it for that split second. So I know it works. <laughs> well, all right then, then Hurricane, I'm going to spend a few minutes actually doing what I do with somebody because. I use oh. a very simple method of deep breathing, which is just three, 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 okay? So you just breathe in, two, three, and hold, two, three, and breathe out, two, three, and hold, two, three, and breathe in, two, three, and hold, two, three and breathe out two three and hold two three one more time we breathe in two three and hold two three and breathe out two three and hold two three now, this can get very involved because what I get people to do is then concentrate on the tip of their nose and you concentrate on the hairs just inside the tip of your nose and you notice that when you breathe in, the tip of your nose gets just a little bit cooler. And then when you breathe out, you notice that the hairs at the tip of your nose get just a little bit warmer. And then anything that you're worried about you let go of because you are concentrating on your breath and on the tip of your nose and then the art becomes to keep the focus of your mind right there and just keep it in a relaxed way for as long as you can and that's what we call meditation yeah that Doctor, I feel good. <laughs> well, I think we got more than we bargained for for today's show. I mean, I, was, I didn't expect this, but this is great. I mean, I think people watching and listening right now, even listening, I think you can still follow through with, with the instructions here. And I was doing them live and, you know, it just felt good. I mean, you, there was a moment I was just kind of relaxed. And you're right. If I was just to follow your instructions about the nose and all that, I'll just get deeper and, and more. It's almost like hypnosis for a minute there. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so uh, that's, that's a huge area, the area of meditation and hypnosis and body relaxation. I start off with relaxation because some people get a bit freaked out with hypnosis or think that meditation means you have to sit in a certain position. You can meditate while you walk. Meditation is what happens inside your mind. To still the mind and just have slower brain waves so that you're more relaxed and the beautiful thing is you become more aware of life. And uh, so when I take somebody's focus to the point of their nose, that's part of what we call mindfulness meditation. There must be about 100 different types of meditation, 
But mindfulness meditation is basically bringing your awareness to the surface of your body because you cannot be caught up in what's going in inside your head while you're experiencing the surface of your body at the same time. Oh, that's deep stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, but but again, I mean, you're you're giving us some some heavy stuff, things that you use with patients, and and really church, change your lives. I mean, physically, they yes that pleasure today of experiencing some of that. So so I want to just on behalf of everybody watching and listening, thank you for that, doctor. And again, I still always commend you for the work you do because, I mean, you have better things to do, but you're with us today and, and every month committed to help, you know, and guide some people and your advice. I have to say, you know, when I look at the shows on, on the, on the, the our charts, like where we track them, Climb yes. to Prime is one of actually the, the most downloaded show right now on, on the podcast. So, oh, you I'm, know. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, Hurricane. That's good. That's it is. It is. Uh, and, you know, I'll share the stats with you, but it's pretty good. I mean, most of those those shows, and not one. I mean, out there, they they just just behave differently than than and some of the other shows. I mean, I, we have other shows that are doing excellent, but just saying, like, it, it is one of the the most uh, downloaded ones. Uh, and I, I I'm not surprised because this is the, the the stuff that helps people, you know, be better. So, so they are great tips. What are the things you can change, and what are the things you just have to accept? If you like these podcasts, please subscribe, spread the word, and recommend them to others. See you next time.